Hello, I'm Beatrice Valerie Nero, and you're listening to The Voice of the Prophet. I have walked in the office of the Prophet since God revealed the anointing that he had placed on my life for close to 40 years. This podcast is a new territory our Father has assigned me that I pray will be done on a weekly basis. The purpose of this podcast is for sharing the Word of God in a prophetic way under his anointing and direction of the Holy Ghost as he ministers and speaks to my spirit as to what he would have me to speak and minister to the spirits of the listeners, his sons and daughters. You can help and support this podcast in two ways. First, tell everyone you know about it and how easy it is to tune in to any podcast server with the title of This is the Voice of the Prophet. Secondly, as God leads you, your prayers, love, and support will always be needed and greatly appreciated. You can show your financial support through Cash App, dollar sign Beatrice Valerie Nero. That's dollar sign, capital B, E-A-T-R-I-C-E, capital B, A-L-L-E-R-Y, capital N-E-R-O. Or PayPal me, Beatrice Valerie Nero, as Sister B Nero. That's S-I-S, capital B, capital N-E-R-O. You can also reach me with comments and questions by email at amiteagle at charter.net. That's A-M-I-T-E-E-A-G-L-E at charter.net. And finally, you can always reach me at my website at www.amiteagle.com. In this eighth podcast, dated December 7th, 2020, I want to share with you the word that God has given me for the year of 2021. For many past years, at the end of each year, God has allowed me to seek him for the year coming in. At the end of 2019, the word God spoke to me was concerning new territories. For those who have heard and followed this podcast, you've heard me refer to that word several times in my blog that's still available for reading at www.amiteagle.com. He told me at the end of 2019 that in 2020, territories would be gained as well as lost. He said that there would be businesses as well as ministries that would close down. I knew that I heard him, but I never imagined the losses would be on the levels that they have been. Businesses have closed, and some may never reopen again. Ministries have either closed or lost members on a magnitude that has been devastating. Some will recover, but some will eventually have to close their doors as well. The saddest thing about these losses is that they were all ordained of God for whatever the reason. We must all understand and remember Romans 8.28 that says all things, not some, not most, but all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and who are called according to his purpose. My ministry has changed a lot. And yes, I did lose some of my financial supporters this past year. However, I was able to hear our father when he directed me to the new territory that he ordained for me. It's this very podcast. My brothers and sisters, we must learn to listen and hear his voice. If your business or ministry has decreased drastically or perhaps closed completely, 
ask him if there's a new territory for you. If you're not dead, then there's something else he has for you to accomplish and complete. Find what your new territory is and occupy it. Produce and develop it as God ordained for you to do. Don't be afraid to leave a place where God no longer inhabits to go to the place where he's waiting to bless you. Many don't want to admit it, but as the saying goes, it is what it is. If a person has never known chastisement, the year 2020 has been a year of chastisement. Between COVID, the sickness and disease, the deaths, the racial divides, the election issues that are still continuing, fires in the West, and historical hurricanes here in the South, this has been a year in which our Father has poured his wrath out upon us. As I've said to many, this year has been a year of biblical proportions. The only time that you see events on these levels occurring all at the same time has been in the Bible when God's wrath was being poured out upon his people. But our God is merciful. We now find ourselves at last at the close of 2020 with the hopes that we're seeing an end to it all. We're hoping and believing for a better year, a much better year in 2021. But what is our Father saying about the upcoming year? I believe that he's saying for the year coming in that it will be a year of mercy. As I was in prayer during the last week of November, preparing my heart and spirit to hear his voice in December, as he has so graciously done in past years, I heard the words, mercy, mercy, mercy. I continually hear that one word repeated three times in my spirit. I listen to hear another word that's so often paired with mercy, which is grace, but I didn't. Mercy is different from grace. Grace is God's unmerited favor. It's a gift he gives us that we don't deserve. Mercy, on the other hand, is his pity being poured out instead of giving us what we do deserve. We deserve hell, but mercy gives us salvation. We deserve punishment and chastisement, but his mercy gives us love and forgiveness. We deserve the worst while the whole time he continually gives us his best. Mercy, mercy, mercy. However, in hearing the word mercy repeated three separate times, God brought me into the understanding that there will be three separate groups for each mercy. In the first group, God is giving mercy to those who have suffered and endured under the pain of this past year, but have not given up. Those who have continued to seek his face and hear his voice and not follow the voice of a stranger. They are those that will receive mercy because of his pity upon us. He pities those who have been kicked down, knocked down, held down, and constrained by those who wielded their power, money, and authority over them. The 123rd Division of Psalms in the New International Version reads, Have mercy on us, Lord, have mercy on us, for we have endured no end of contempt. We have endured no end of ridicule from the arrogant, of contempt from the proud. The Message Bible reads those same verses as, Mercy, God, mercy. We've been kicked around long enough, kicked in the teeth by complacent rich men, kicked when we're down by arrogant brutes. If I know nothing else, 
I know that God has heard the cries of his sons and daughters who have been under the power and rules of racism and prejudice. He has heard the cries and seen the tears of those who have to, had to endure the wrongs of the rich, being denied decent health care, seeing their children and others that they love die just because they were too poor to afford good doctors. They have cried for mercy, and as I always say, when God hears, he answers. The answer to our prayers and cries of mercy and for mercy is not in the fact that Joe Biden is president or because Kamala Harris is vice president. If that were the case, it would have happened when Barack Obama was president. But God wanted to show himself God, and he waited until this time to do what needed to be done on behalf of his black, brown, and people of color, sons and daughters. For the first cry of mercy, it will be upon those who have been suppressed, oppressed, and subjugated to the cruelties of racism, prejudice, and the injustices of their oppressors for the past 400 years. I believe that 2021 will be a year, if the people are obedient, that mercy and pity will be poured out upon them such as never before. So much that has been unjustly withheld in the past will now be freely given. Is it me or has anyone else noticed that it's been 400 years since the injustice and humanity of slavery was established here in the United States. And it was also 400 years that the Jews were enslaved in Egypt. Although slavery was abolished in 1863, the oppression, suppression, and total lack of fairness against black people never ended. From the time that the first slave was brought to this nation in 1619 until 2019, it's been 400 years. Something else that I always say, and that is, there are no coincidences with God. In Luke 1, verse 50 through 55, it reads, His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arms. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down the rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the mighty with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Now God is saying he has heard our cry for mercy and he's remembering to be merciful. I believe, I truly believe if we do according to God's will that black people, brown people, and people of color will rise up in a way that we never imagined. And let me add that this will not, I repeat, will not be to the detriment of others. Our white sisters and brothers will not suffer or be misused or abused in any way when God accomplishes this. This is not a way to be over others as others have been over us in the past. This is not our turn to be the Simon Legree over the white slaves because then that would also be with hatred and injustice. 
But it's the time for those who have been oppressed to rise up to the rightful positions that we have been denied since slavery. I believe God is saying that the oppression, cruelty, injustices, misery, and pain against people because of the color of their skin is finally being done away with. This year will be a year of mercy for many, and that's the first mercy. But I heard a second cry for mercy being shouted. The second mercy will be cried out from those who will beg for it and by those suffering from a different pain and a different need. It will be from those that have caused the suffering of God's people, those who have refused to let his people go. It will be from those who have literally used the word of God to deceive, oppress, and subdue those who truly love God and trusted them as leaders, pastors, and prophets to bring them into a stronger relationship with the Father. There will be such a wrath from God that will continue upon them that they will cry out from the anguish of his chastisement. The oppressors of God's people will cry out for mercy. There will be a cry for mercy from those who saw the injustices being done and not only refused to speak up, but encourage those who perpetrated those injustices. Just as Pharaoh in Egypt saw God's wrath, so will others who continue to be adamant and belligerent against the word and will of God. For the merciless, there will be no mercy, even as they wail for it. There will be a cry for mercy from the false prophets who will not repent before God and man and for those pastors who scattered the sheep of God's pasture. Those who have led the sheep of God in a way that God never intended and literally used the word of God to lie to and delude the people of God to satisfy their own selfish needs and desire. They will cry out for God's mercy and they will receive it, but only if they acknowledge their sin and arrogance. For those who refuse to accept the will of God, continuing to stir up strife, to lie, continuing their pride, shed innocent blood, devise wicked schemes, and stir up conflict, mercy will be withheld. For these people, and yes, there will be many, those who continue in the ways, according to Proverbs 6, 16 through 19, that God hates, there will be no mercy. They will not receive the pity that they will cry out for. Because of their fleshly pride, they were subjected to the enemy and led by him. Leviathan is the king of pride, and before destruction comes pride. This is why many ministries have been lost, not because of COVID, but because of the egos that many had, which allowed them to be led into deception. It was because of what flesh desired and went after in spite of knowing the word of God. Some of these pastors will not even enter into the presence of God to truly hear what his voice is saying to them. Many years ago, I knew a young man who excitedly called me one day to tell me that God had called him to be a pastor. As the conversation continued and he told me of all his plans for this ministry that he felt God had called him to, I heard God speak to my spirit and say, ask him about his prayer life. So I did. 
The young man began to make excuses as to how busy he was and all that he had to do during the day, etc. My question was, how are you going to tell the people what God is saying if you're not spending time with God to hear what he's saying? As I've said in previous episodes, talking to God while driving or cutting the grass is not the same as uninterrupted personal private time with the Father. But yet, even as God will continue to chastise and pour out upon the oppressor of his people, he still admonishes us to be merciful. That was the third cry for mercy. There will be the desire to hold on to anger and grudges. For some, there may even be the opportunity for revenge. But each and every person must be warned, aware, and vigilant to the entire word of God. In Luke 6, it reads at the 32nd verse, If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect payment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great and you will be children of the Most High because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given unto you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Even as he has given mercy to us as his sons and daughters, we must be willing to give mercy to those who have come against us. We don't deserve it, but yet he has given it to us. That's what mercy is, the act of withholding deserved punishment. God does not give us the punishment we deserve. That's his mercy. We must love our enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting anything back. In other words, in everything we do, let there be no ulterior motives or self-serving motivations. In all that we do, let it be done to the glory of God and not for vainglory. Do good to those who have come against us, expecting nothing, absolutely nothing in return. Let me tell you why I believe that is good and right. First of all, it's God's word, and that in itself settles it. But let me tell you what flesh says. Flesh says that if I give something and expect nothing in return, then when I don't get anything in return, I won't be disappointed. That's going in already prepared for the negative that might happen. But what does God say about giving without expecting anything in return? 
He says, then your reward will be great and you will be children of the most high because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. God says to be merciful just as he is merciful. Remember the wicked servant who begged his master to forgive him his debt? The master forgave him. But then he went out and found a fellow servant who owed him much less than he owed the master. When his fellow servant asked him for more time to pay, the wicked servant had him thrown into prison. When the master heard what the wicked servant had done, he had him tortured until he paid his entire debt. The master said to the servant in the 33rd verse of Matthew 18, Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or your sister from your heart. Let me be honest with you. God has shown me mercy in ways and at times that I know, and more than that, he knows I shouldn't have received it, but yet he gave me mercy. God will show each of us mercy, but for those who will not show it in return, he will say, shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? No matter what the former offenses were, no matter how much we've been wronged and hated, we must give and show mercy to others. Without being forgiving and having pity for others, it will cause God to withhold his mercy, forgiveness, and pity from us and bring even worse upon us than before. Now, once we forgive and show mercy, does that mean that we'll be happy and totally oblivious to past offenses? Does it mean that when we forgive that we'll totally forget about the wrongs and pains that we've suffered in the past? Most probably not. However, we still need to forgive and move on. That's why his word says to bless those that curse you and pray for those that despitefully use you. And through praying for those who have brought injustices against us, it allows for us to enter into the presence of God on their behalf. It brings you into a place of love and kindness in the Father that heals, hurts, wounds, and offenses. The prayers that you pray for others are the same prayers that will bring you deliverance and set you free from those pains that keep you in bondage. There will be some that will be able to forgive and return to former relationships, jobs, organizations, and even churches, and that's good. There will be others that will forgive, truly forgive, but not return to some of these places or relationships. And that's good too. It's all a matter of hearing God's voice, knowing his word, and giving mercy where mercy is needed. Some will find it hard to forgive and show mercy, especially when remembering and perhaps still suffering from the injustices brought against them. Remember what happened to the wicked servant? The Bible says that his master had pity on him and forgave him all his debt. God has had pity on us. He has shown us his mercy and forgiven all. 
But the sons and daughters of God, we must remember his word and no matter what, forgive. Have pity on those that don't deserve it and show mercy. But be warned in doing this, for some in the very moments that you begin the approach for this to be done, this is when the accusations will begin to rise up. This is when you will begin to remember earnestly the wrongs and the atrocities. You'll remember the harsh words. Pictures will come to mind of lynchings and murders, the memories of rapes, cruelty, and abuse, not only against you, but against those you loved. For some, you will hear the words that cut through your heart repeated again and again, followed by the question within you, should I really forgive and have pity after all of that? Some will remember the trauma that perhaps they're still suffering, but mercy must be shown. Every reason not to have pity, not to show mercy, will be heard and felt. Saturday morning, as I was in prayer, I said to our Father, I have no idea what may be coming in this year that will hold for me that will cause me to find it so hard to forgive and show mercy. But I know that as long as he keeps me, he will give me the strength, the knowledge, and the wisdom to do exactly that. A few years ago, I was praying for someone who I love dearly. However, as I prayed, I continually pointed out to God all the character flaws that I saw in the individual. None of them were made up. None of them were exaggerated. Each and every one of them was real. I had prayed for this person the same way for years and continued to see no move or results to my prayers. That particular morning, I heard God say, stop standing with the accuser. I was shocked. I was speechless. I was convicted. Revelations 12, 10 reads, And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. On Friday night, I had gotten into bed when I heard the Holy Ghost tell me to share this in the podcast today. As true and real as the facts may be concerning people, places, and things, we cannot stand with the accuser. Who you stand with is who you agree with. I am in agreement with the Father and not the accuser of the brethren. I will forgive. I choose to forgive. And I will have mercy and show pity as my Father pities me and shows me his mercy. Mercy, mercy, mercy. Remember those words for the year coming in. In giving mercy, we shall receive mercy. Also remember, mercy is not given to those who are just and right, but those who need it 
in spite of who we are or what we've done. Let's all thank God for his forgiveness, for his pity, and for his mercy. Now as I close, let me wish each and one of you all a joyful and glorious Christ Day. As we go into the new year of 2021, I pray that it will be a blessed and healthy one for you, your families, and those you love. May God prosper, protect, and keep you. And as always, thank you for listening to the voice of the prophet. God bless you.